Okay, so this week, because I love you, I'm going to spare you the agony of listening to me try to mutter through another song, to butcher another song. Instead, let me go find some music. I'm going to put it on. You put something nice on, and we'll meet back here in a little bit. How's that sound? All right, I thought so. Give me just one moment. Let's let's see here. This imaginary record um, record shelf. Let me. Oh, that's a good one. That's a classic. All right, I like that one. Oh, I think I found the perfect one right here. of that track is serenity you can find it on youtube just youtube serenity by a producer called Ritterman. it's free to use and that's why i use it because i don't have the money to be paying people actually that's not why i use it at all i think it's a very chill very good vibe sets a really good tone for a podcast episode so go check that out i don't know how to give them product uh credits and like the the info that i share so that's the way i thought i could give him some credit but definitely check him out he's got a lot of dope he or she i don't know if it's male or female they have a lot of dope beats and more i look at it looks like my computer's gonna run out so give me a second actually i'm gonna let it run for a little bit and then i'm gonna say give me a second because i'm just getting started here's the thing in the intro I was in a very noisy place, and I love you guys so much, so absolutely, that I decided instead of just muscling through it and going with all that noise and chaos in the background, I said, let me move to a much more quiet location, just because you're that important to me. And I felt like you need to hear me, the the authentic me, and now this way I won't get distracted by noise after noise after noise after noise after noise after noise instead it's just me and you you and i in this little corner of space we call the as told by reese podcast i am your host reese and you're listening to me 
I would love to listen to you, but that'll come later. Today we got a few different things to talk about. First things first, am I doing this during my work day? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not going to tell you. What I will tell you is you're getting this one so soon after the last one. It's only been a day since my last podcast, actually, because I felt the energy to do so. I felt the vibe. I felt empowered to do so. So that is why I'm giving you this episode right now. Thanks in no small part to coffee. Yes, coffee. That adult beverage that just keeps on giving. Here's the thing. I haven't drank a full cup of coffee in about a month. Some way, somehow, it made its way to my system today, and I am spinning. I am spinning, I am spinning. And I have a lot of energy to burn. So this is going to help me burn some energy instead of sitting at a desk, at a computer, watching the work go by, because... If I was working right now, I'd be done with all my work today because I'm an adult and I take care of my responsibilities adultably. You know, I have a lot of thoughts about the concept of work. Thoughts that I won't be sharing here because that's not what this episode is about at all. What is this episode about? I'm glad you asked because we're about to get into it right now. Actually, I have another idea. I'm going to tell you why, on the intro, I decided to go with actual music instead of my own. I initially recorded my own. I initially recorded myself. And the way that I sounded on (laughs) on playback was nuts. It was crazy. I'm like, I can't put this out. And why? Not because it'd be embarrassing for me. No, it would just be really unenjoyable for you. It was something that's outside of my range, definitely. And I don't want to just scare you off and be like, oh, gosh, Reese has really jumped the shark here and he's just gotten started. So I said, eh, maybe, maybe one day, maybe one day when my vocal cords are better and I can actually pull some things off even jokingly. But I did that to save you. And I think I deserve an award for that. Well, OK, maybe not. But if you wanted to get me an award, you can. You can. Like a Nobel Peace Prize or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still researching how to get one of those. Oh, did I never tell you that? Just kidding. I'm not looking to get a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm looking to get the war prize. Nope. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you, you can tell I've had coffee, so it's going to be one of those episodes. But I'm going to try to make it not too long of an episode, not too crazy. So here we go. For the first time in a long time, I was watching a television series. A television series based on the whatever, from the whatever, and whatever, right? And I had a thought. I was like, man, this television series is so well done, but I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hated the titular character. I hated a lot of supporting characters. I just hated them. I was like, ah, I hate you as a character. Now, I don't know if that was the purpose of the people who created that particular series or not, but... I definitely hated them. <sighs> Funny thing is, I'm probably the only one, or one of the few, I'm sure, in this counterculture, in this subversiveness, in this, um, in this devil's advocate, contrarian world we live in, I'm sure there are others that'll go run juxtaposition to whatever people laud about this. So, I, I'd say for me, my place is from a genuine place of oh, I don't like these amount of characters. I don't like how this character happened. 
Funny thing is, you would think my complaints center around how the characters were portrayed versus their source material. Their source material? What is that? Ask no one ever. But just in case you do, I'm going to let you know what source material is. First, I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit on this one. I actually had to grab my battery because that uh, message that none of us like to see is your battery is running low. So I had to go and grab it so I could make sure to continue with this podcast. But anyway, source material by definition is <clears throat> basic raw material. Yep, that's the definition of it. Or parent material. Whatever. What does that mean? Parent material. Well, who's your source material? There's two, usually. Your mom and your dad. <laughs> but anyway, source material is where the where from a story, the original story, or the, the adapted story is derived. Something like that. For example, it's, it's much better to give you examples. For example... The Marvel Cinematic Universe or the DC Cinematic Universe that they're they derive from comics. Comics are the source material. Specifically, certain comic book stories within it are the source material. Like Lord of the Rings movie, the Lord of the Rings movies are a trilogy based off of a series of books. Those books are the source material for that series. And so here's the thing. Here's the thing about when something becomes popular. Or something enters the pop culture lexicon, etc., etc. Whatever it comes from the source material, things are usually ripped from the source material. Things are forgotten from the source material. Things are mangled from the source material. And sometimes things are completely opposite from the source material. That's why with certain movies, certain characters are like, hey, that didn't happen to them. They never did that. They weren't that great. They weren't that bad. They weren't that. There's always something different from a source material when you take it from one medium to the other because it has to be nothing can be as expansive as books movies have a finite time tv series have a, a finite budget and also cgi wasn't always as great as it is now and today's cgi won't be as great as it is in the future probably maybe who knows anyway for me for a long time I've been a reader. I've read comic books, manga, or manga. Manga. <laughs> and uh, in actual books, that's kind of the thing. Because I, I grew up before the internet was big, big, big. Like, for the most part. Like, uh, near the end of my adolescence, the internet became a thing. But for the most part, it was like, oh man, you gotta use books. <laughs> and obviously, TV. CDs, DVDs, those sort of things. I, I, I had those things. But in order to really transform your mind, you can just plug in a thing. Anyway, and I'm not trying to sound too old right now. Or too young. Doesn't matter. But with all these things being adapted and adopted for the screen and everything. Especially when it comes to things like comic book stories. Comic book stories for people who love comic, like love comic books and loved them since before the movie started coming out. For them, it was quite a shock. It's it's a lot of times quite a shock to the system to see what happens to their their characters that they love that they've invested in and everything. And then when it's not exactly or very or even kind of true to the origin, true to the source material, 
they get very upset about that. They get very upset. They're like, how could you, this isn't even that. How could you do that to the source? And I can't say that I'm not also a victim to that, or I haven't been victim to that in the past. Um, I was. In the past, I would not be so happy that certain details change because for me, those certain details really made that character or made that story, etc., etc. But today, I think I have a somewhat different take on it, especially because I am such a manga reader or have been, right? So with anime, they take absolute liberties when it comes to being true to the manga. So it can go all over the place. A lot of times it can be similar, but they do things like half filler, etc., etc., or they tone down a, a scene or two, or a character that comes alive on pages one way comes alive is a totally different character when you press when when you look at him look at them in the anime. And the same thing can be played out with cartoon character, well, not car, like com, superhero comic book characters and other fantastical lore characters, right? And then I thought I was like, "Oh man, I I can't I don't know why or I know why." And I think that's part of the reason why I was able to get over it. I know why these changes are made to any of these characters because it's being made for the masses. If you have a story, you may want a finite number of people to to enjoy it or you might want an infinite number of people to enjoy it. If you want an infinite number of people to enjoy it, you're probably going to have to cater it so it's more toward it, it it's more open for more people to enjoy. And I understand that. Here's where it comes in at. It's I feel sometimes the people that love the source material and love it as it was feel that they are kind of on the outside looking in, like they are the forgotten. It's like the I knew I I knew that band before they went and sold out or whatever. It's what about your fan base? What about the people that were there before you became a multi-billion-dollar anything entity and what about the fans that will remain even if for some reason everything else fails i'm still going to be there for you and i think you know because if you're a part of something before it becomes big you you feel that it's part of you now i've talked about that in a previous 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 episode so i'm not going to talk about that now what I'm going to say is I came to the realization, no matter what happens to a character, a story, anything, no matter how they change it, how they warp it, however, like whatever they do to it, that character, as I know them, will always be that character as I know them. Stories are our creativity, our creative brains. Everything is ours by right until we put it out there. And whatever we put out there is still ours, but however people consume it, absorb it, interpret it, that is theirs. That is their personal relationship with that piece of material. So it's like how there's one version of you that you know and everybody else knows you, but 
how you could be kind of different to everybody. You're a little different. You may think you're the same person, but everybody has either a slightly different idea of who you are to a, a wildly varying idea of who you are. Why? Because that's how they interpret you. Like that's that's their little snapshot of whoever you are for them to keep and take wherever they're going to go. Same thing with this material or similar thing with this material. It's even no matter what they do to it, whenever whatever relationship you establish with that with that book, with that character, anything before then, that's who they are to you. Or that can be who they are to you. They don't have to change. Because these things are stories. <laughs> these things are not history. We're talking about <laughs> we're not talking about realistic real history historic events. We're talking about how you can continue to enjoy the things that you enjoy, even if other people start to enjoy them. Even if other people really like them. You still have a special relationship with that thing. It's like, I'm going to put up weird analogies now. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Because I'm going to dilute the message. The message is, it, even if it's wildly, vastly different, whatever you see from what you had in your heart and your mind, it's still out there. I'm not asking you to be happy about it uh, you can be upset about it but be happy about the version of it that you do have here's the thing though if you think you can do better do it <laughs> really it's not this is not me being antagonistic or saying you can't do that no do it why because the more creative or innovative or inventive things ideas thoughts just just energy we put out there the better things can become the there's a possibility for it so that's what i want to leave you with just because the source just because it borrows maybe a name only from the source material doesn't mean it changes your relationship to what it is speaking about what it is i have to tell you a story from my childhood and then bring it forward when I was a young man, I would see the commercials for Dorney Park, Six Flags, Bush Gardens, and these really massive, huge, crazy roller coasters that looked like so much fun. You would climb up to the very peak, <laughs> the crest. <laughs> I don't know if I'm even using that right. I think I am. I probably am not, though. Somebody, don't don't tell me. Or tell me. But you'd rise up to the very peak of of the roller coaster, that very the, the height of it. And then you'd go plummeting just to go back up again. And then, if you're lucky, certain roller coasters, you can go upside down. <laughs> These gravity-defying machines. Man-made steel, now, at least metal, metallic contraptions. That somehow would use the forces of nature, the laws of physics, to keep you secure. For the most part, there's been some incidents, whatever. Using gravity. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. So, as a child, I would have my cousins and I. We would uh, never... We, we wanted to. We always wanted to go on roller coasters, but we were always 
too young to. And then eventually you get to be old enough to ride the roller coasters. So I remember the one year, it was no more kiddie rides for us, me and all my cousins, my crew. We would all be able to get up on these rides and we were going to conquer the hell out of them. So, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget this. I was excited, got in line, got strapped in, waited for the ride to start, and got in. And then the click, 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 click as the roller coaster gets up. Because you know, usually with a roller coaster, you build up. You build up. You don't speed up, but you build up. And with each click, your anticipation builds with each click until you get to the very highest point or usually the second highest point or one of the highest points because other times you, you, you may get higher depending on how sadistic the ride is. But before that first descent, before that first descent, they just hold you at the top. And for me... Although they only hold you atop for maybe a second or two, maybe a couple seconds, for me, that felt like an eternity. And then whoosh, down you go. And then through the ride, through the ride. Now, roller coaster rides themselves do not last very long. They don't last very long at all. They're pretty easy going. But for me, being on the roller coaster was one of the longest times of my life. And in that first ride, I lost all enthusiasm for roller coasters knowing, oh no, we have a whole rest of the day to do this. Now, I won't say I rode every roller coaster since then, but I did ride a few. I rode a few long enough to know... This is never for me ever again. I just, I, I realized I liked nothing about it. I didn't like the helplessness. I didn't like the <laughs> being one with outside at the very top without any control over my fate. I didn't like having to rely on this somewhat questionable machine to keep me safe and sound. I didn't like any of it. And I knew something inside me died that day. Because I knew from then on, oh, I'm not going to enjoy amusement parks like everyone else. Here's the thing. I love amusement parks. I don't like roller coasters at all. And then I realized something about myself. Here's things I would not do. Roller coasters, bungee jump, and parachuting. Jumping out of an airplane. Or off a very tall building in particular. Those are three of the things I would not do. So, I think we can safely put me in the non-thrill-seeking category. Now, certain things I will do. I'll go off course. I'll off-terrain vehicle something. I'll, I'll climb a mountain. Or at least a hillside. I'll do certain things. But those things where it's like, if this fails... This is almost certain death. It's just not fun for me. 
And I realized that about myself. I'm like, oh, shoot. I hate thrill-seeking in that way. My thrill-seeking is different. It's like a love language. Everybody has a different love language. My thrill-seeking is maybe jumping, like jumping into a body of water that I've never jumped in before. Going off the beaten path. Discovering like a new track, a new trail, something like that. that that's my thrill that I'm seeking. But as far I'm not an adrenaline junkie. In fact, I might be an anti-adrenaline junkie. Which is weird, because all this coffee is giving me so much adrenaline right now. But, I realize that about myself. And, I, funny enough, I have a lot of friends who are adrenaline junkies. And I'm like, oh, good for you. But I don't understand. Like, I personally don't understand. You could tell me why you enjoy being an adrenaline-fueled and crazy person. And I still wouldn't get it. I would respect you and love you for it, but I still wouldn't get it because that's just not my thing. It's not my drug of choice. And it's not even on my bucket list. It's not like, oh man, I I want to try this. No, it's just there's no enjoyment for me to be had jumping out of a plane thousands of feet in the air. I don't want to be free falling in the air, even if I had a parachute. No. No, uh-uh. It just, for me, there's no appeal. Not saying there shouldn't be appeal for other people, but for me, there's no appeal. And I think that's okay. But I just remembered, that is where it came from, though. That is that is when I knew, oh, there's a lot of things that I'm just not going to be interested in because I did not enjoy myself at all. And logically, I'm like, I'm not going to die or anything. I just don't want to be up here. And I'd rather be on the ground. Or if I am in the air, I'd rather it be in a different way. Like maybe on a plane. Going to someplace nice and warm. But who knows? One day, I might hang glide. I might paraglide. Something like that. Now that seems cool. And more reasonable. But just... Just hoping gravity... Hoping you win against gravity is not a bet that I want to take. But I think you should if you want to. Just, uh, you know, put me in your will. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't do that. Because I will root against you. Just kidding. I would never root against you. I'm always on your side. Remember that. I think this is a great place to land. In fact, it's your spot. So you kind of have to get off. Well, I probably have to get back to work. That's really the reason. But... Anyway, the song you're listening to right now is Impermanence by the producer I used earlier. Definitely check them out. I think they're really talented and would love to work with them sometime, someday in the future. But besides that, I just want to thank you so much for listening to another episode of the As Told by Reese podcast. You could be listening to any other podcast in the world, and you probably are. There's, You probably have one yourself. There's so many people doing podcasts. So, so many people. But here we are, another one, another episode, and we're churning them out, and we're having fun. And I, I want to leave you with that. It's do things you enjoy, right? I know it sounds so basic and so fundamental, but especially now that I have a full-time job 
it, it's very hard sometimes to after the full day to decide to make that decision i'm going to do something that i love even for a few minutes <laughs> i just happen to love podcasting among other things there's a few other things i love doing so i'm lucky that i just get to turn something on and talk into a mic maybe one day i'll be lucky enough to get paid for it but even if i'm not that's okay i i see this as kind of a treasure map that hey if you discover it, you're like yo this is actually pretty bomb this is pretty great i wonder if anyone else knows about it and they're like well i knew him when his source material was better just kidding that's not the correct use of source material but I ask you, is there a correct use of source material? I used to think yes, but now I'm not so sure. That's just it. About a lot of these things, even though I said it's as told by Reese, that's just what it is. It's as told by Reese. It's what I think I have figured out and what I don't know I have figured out. But either way, I'm sure you're getting it all figured out. So we'll figure it out together. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you later.